one of the biggest fan favorites to come through Bloomington, perhaps ever. Victor Oladipo has battled through a lot in his NBA career, especially over recent seasons. He spoke about what it meant to him to be able to be back and contributing at a really high level as he was at the end of that first round series for the Heat against the Hawks. We'll look at some of his comments and what he said about um, recovering from his injury and being back at that high level, as well as wrapping up our season recaps uh, with Trace Jackson Davis. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Friday, April 29th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. Uh, news, analysis, previews, recaps, we got you guys covered no matter what it is, and including professional IU uh, alumni, as we'll talk about Victor Oladipo today. Before we jump into that, just a reminder, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where we premiere the episodes there at 7 a.m. every day. Back during the beginning of the tournament, I was kind of imploring people to go to the uh, to our YouTube. We were closing in on 100 subscribers. We're at over 300 subscribers now, and it's been a little more than a month, really. Uh, barely more than a month. So big, big thank you to all those uh, that have subscribed. If you haven't, go on over there. It's real quick, real simple, helps us out a ton. Victor Oladipo has been one of my favorites. I was in at Bloomington when he was. I'm sure he has a lot of your favorites that are listening to this. Uh, he's been through a lot these past couple seasons, and he spoke about that on podcast uh, on Thursday. We'll look uh, look at some of the comments he had, dive into those a bit. As always, though, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts at, uh, including Spotify, Stitcher, the Odyssey app, Apple itself, uh, the iTunes app, I guess. Um, whatever it is, we have you guys covered. We're available there. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Oladipo appeared on Adrian Wojnarowski's podcast of ESPN, the, I don't even know what superlative to give him, the best of the best when it comes to beat writing, uh, maybe in the entire sports journalism world, but certainly uh, in the NBA. And he is able to get guys a lot of times to open up in ways that they don't always just because of his connections with people. Uh, and just his familiarity with everything in the NBA. He's been around forever. On the heels of Oladipo playing a huge part in the, the Game 4 win for the Heat over the Hawks, he had him come on. We didn't talk. I mentioned that game a little bit in passing. That was a really big moment for Victor Oladipo. Uh, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry were both out. We had spoken that early in the series against the Hawks. Oladipo just wasn't playing. Uh, part of that, I, I assume part of that was the fact that the chemistry just wasn't there. He spent most of the season rehabbing, and they were preferring to go with Gabe Vincent, uh, 
among others, but Gabe Vincent was kind of the, the easy one to look at, but Gabe Vincent among others for those minutes. And Oladipo was left kind of on the outside looking in, but the, the old adage is always stay ready. Kyle Lowry goes down before game four. Uh, Oladipo eventually gets into the game. Uh, I believe it was into the second half when he finally got some, some time with Miami struggling Statistically, he didn't have a a huge night, but whether coincidence or not, the minute he checked in, the Heat went on a huge run and won that game, but they lose Jimmy Butler going into game five, and Oladipo goes from somebody that wasn't even playing at the very beginning of game four to starting game five, played 36 minutes in that game, finishes with 23 points, and for those that saw the highlights, watched the game maybe. There was kind of a emotional release of sorts at once the final buzzer sounded. The Heat win the series, and Oladipo celebrated, celebrated a lot. It was a it was a moment. He was kind of back. Uh, I don't know that he's ever going to be back to the Oladipo we saw at his peak with the Pacers, but He's certainly back to being a contributing, a big contributor in the playoffs. And that is a, a really, really high level to be at. So following that game five, he spoke with uh, Adrian Wojnarowski on his podcast. I, I have the cliff notes. I listened to it. Um, he started off just talking about how it felt good to be needed by a team again and, and being back in the playoffs and being able to deliver. He said he was grateful for it. It's been a long time since he's been in that role of being needed by a team to uh, to not just contribute, but step up and, and play big. Uh, they needed him in that game five to be able to produce, and he was able to. Not really since, uh, I'm trying to look back, maybe 2017-18 was the last time he really was in that situation. He had a number of injuries, the quad injuries. Um, which he touched on, we'll touch on in a second. But as a result, he wasn't really playing the knee, the quad injuries. So it's been a long time where he's been in the spot where he's even played a playoff games, let alone uh, being counted upon. I know he played 2019-24, uh, the Pacers in the bubble. I believe that was in the bubble. Uh, yeah, it was. And I know he played in those games. He barely looked himself. That was coming off that first quad injury, I believe. So just being back in that situation meant a lot to him. Look, he had two different surgeries on that quad tendon. Uh, the second injury he kind of had, the, it was a lot more like it wasn't public what happened. Uh, he had the first injury. That was very public. I mean, the way he injured himself, I, I'm sure there's a lot of Pacer fans listening to this. That was gruesome. It, it looked really bad. And so that was really a lot more public. The second time around, it was a very innocuous play. I believe it was after a dunk that he just kind of came down and just kind of walked off. And and that was the last we saw of him on a court for a really long time. And there wasn't a lot known about what the injury was, what happened, what if he got surgery, if he didn't. He mentioned he had two different quad surgeries. He also mentioned later on that um, I don't know the extent of what happened, but he kind of mentioned in passing. He says he said 
They said he got surgery done wrong and had to go through the whole process again. I don't know if that was... I, I, I don't want to make too much of that because he just mentioned it so like quick and didn't really make a big point about it. But uh, something very like something had happened between uh, those two injuries, those two surgeries, because even when he came back, he didn't look right. And he eventually re-injured the same thing. So something definitely happened. He talked about what a difference a year makes in his mindset, in his just how he's going about things. If you look at this time last year, he was not playing. He was inactive. He was uh, hurt and he was really, really down. Like he spoke very openly and very honestly about what his mindset was. He, he called this moment kind of the, his, his exact quote was, it's the purest definition of light at the end of the tunnel. He knows exactly how many he, he's played nine games in the last 332 days since his injury, like there's a lot of mental notes he, he made, but he said he openly wondered if he would ever even be able to play basketball again, which is a harrowing thought. He says he that was where he mentioned he got the surgery done twice. He thought about retirement, uh, but he eventually kind of landed on his quote was, that's not how things are going to end for me. Uh, so it's it's super exciting to see him back. He also mentioned a really close relationship he has with Dwayne Wade. The common denominator between Oladipo and Wade is Tom Crean, uh, which I imagine is, at least in some capacity, how that relationship started. Um, the two of them are close, though, so I thought that was an interesting little nugget. Um, but overall, really, really excited to see Oladipo back. Even when Lowry and Butler come back for Miami, you have to imagine that Oladipo played himself into rotation minutes now. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, and that's going to be a really fascinating free agency because it seems he's healthy now and he's playing at a pretty high level in these playoffs. So it's going to be fascinating to see what type of market he has. That's down the line though. He's going to be in these playoffs still. We'll continue to cover that perhaps more so uh, now that these individual see, uh, season recaps are wrapping up today as we look at Trace Jackson Davis's season before we jump into that, though, I forgot to bring one of my built bars in here before I started the show. But summer is coming, and with summer, uh, you're going to need some food on the go. Built bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bag, in your kid's backpack. Make sure that everyone has a bar so that everyone is fueled up for your summer adventures. The best part about built bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bars, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. Uh, there are so many different flavors you can pick from, and you don't even have to make a decision on one. The box I have in the other room is a, a mixed box. It has salted caramel and cookies and cream. You can get even more than that. You can get a box of, I believe, up to 12 that has all kinds of different flavors in them. Uh, they're always changing flavors. You can get mixed boxes that have the built bars and the puffs, uh, both, um, easily the best part is the flavors and that they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They taste like a candy bar. They don't taste like a protein bar. Uh, and they are so much better for you than a candy bar. You're looking at 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein, um, these, you can compare them to whatever candy bar you like. These are going to be better for you. 
So go to built.com today, find what flavor or flavors you guys want to try out. Once you make your decision, use that promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thank you for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Uh, I hope you guys watched the Locked on live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft last night. Those guys are going to be in studio. Uh, I believe the studio is in Dallas with pick-by-pick analysis from local team experts and draft gurus. Uh, they're live all three days, obviously two more days left, so make sure you guys tune in tonight. Uh, they'll guide you through every pick, every trade, all in real time. It's available over on the Locked On NFL uh, YouTube channel as well as on the Odyssey app. Let's talk Trace Jackson Davis, who... Uh, There are a number of ways you can describe his season. The one I used, I used the phrase, the word a couple times throughout the year. I think this was kind of a legacy-defining season for Trace. Statistically, you look, he didn't average as many points as he did last year. He didn't average as many rebounds. Um, So from a pure numbers standpoint, it wasn't as great of a season in some regards. But what he did this year will cement him as one of the best players. I don't know what type of qualifier you want to use, whether his generation, whether um, the last 10 years, the last whatever many years, he has cemented himself among kind of the lore of IU basketball, which that's storied. There's a lot of people that have played IU basketball, a lot of really good players, and Trace is absolutely among them now. Um, if you look statistically, there are differences that tell the, tell some stories about his season. His points were down almost a point per game, uh, as were his rebounds, but his blocks were up a block per game. We've talked a ton about how much better he got as a defender. That's one of the easiest ways to look at that. Even if blocks don't necessarily tell the whole story, his turnovers were down, uh, his fouls were down, even though he got into foul trouble in some really big moments. Most importantly, his efficiency was up uh, enormously. He shot 51% last year, up to 59% this year. Uh, He still doesn't really shoot three-pointers, but his free throw percentage was up. Uh, But just across the board, he was impressive and reliable. There's so many superlatives, adjectives, whatever you want to use to describe him. He was this IU basketball team, and as he went, IU went, and there's so many nights you can point back and say he carried us to a victory that night. Uh, He was always the, um, he was the focal point, both of IU's offense and of every team's defense, and night in and night out, he still delivered at a very, very high level. there's, I mean, he has the assembly hall record for points at 43. He had against Marshall early in the season. There are a number of games you can point to as his watermarks. Ultimately, I will, I would probably say that Wyoming game is going to be the one that he's maybe most remembered for. Uh, because if you're picking a singular game, um, that game meant IU was kind of officially in the the tournament, whether you count the playing game as a tournament or not, I don't really know, but IU was officially in the tournament. 
that was the biggest national stage he had played on. That was a uh, a tough opponent, that Wyoming team. And he just eviscerated them. 29 points on 16 shots, 9 rebounds. Absolutely could not be stopped. Uh, if you if you want to talk about carrying IU, he absolutely carried IU on that night. Uh, he was enormous in that Big Ten tournament run uh, against Michigan. I, I think he outplayed Kofi Coburn against Illinois. He more than held his own after really, really struggling against both those teams, Michigan and Illinois, during the regular season. He answered the bell when it mattered most. It's a shame that IU couldn't come away victorious against Iowa because he had 31-10 and 10 in that game. If you want to talk about games where he could not be stopped, nobody on Iowa could remotely handle him uh, in that game. And that's kind of the uh, the story. Of, like When IU needed him the most, he was always there. There were very, very, very few occasions in which he didn't step up when IU needed him. The Purdue game is going to stick out because he got into foul trouble early on. Even then, he made the biggest defensive play of the game by forcing Jaden Ivey to, into a really, really tough shot and then went down and made a pair of free throws to um, – it didn't seal the game, but it, it forced Purdue to shoot a three that missed and seal the win. So even on the nights when he wasn't great, he still did things that uh, were really important to this team. He he was enormous, and it, it's really hard to envision what IU would be like without him. But it's something we're gonna have to take into account. What what could this Hoosier team be like moving forward? We'll look at what is in store for his future, uh, and and IU as well, kind of with or without him. Here in just one moment, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, whether it's live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Trace is one of those players that, because he was so important to Indiana, it's really hard to envision uh, what they do without him. We'll start off first. We'll start positive. If he comes back, then he is, I mean, this team is going to look similar in a lot of ways, or next year's team will look similar in a lot of ways to what this year's team was. Um, he's not necessarily a, a versatile player. That doesn't. That isn't a bad thing. It just means there's going to be a lot of posting up. We certainly saw, and we talked about it on Thursday's episode about Xavier Johnson, there's a dynamic in the pick and roll that they really started to unlock at the end of the season. I would imagine we'd see a lot more of that. That helps out everybody to be moving in a pick and roll versus standing and watching him post up and allowing teams to double. I would venture to say we will see a lot more pick and roll if he comes back. But if he returns, then he's again the anchor to this IU team. We didn't even really talk about the leaps he made defensively when recapping his season. IU was a great defensive team for a number of reasons. Rob Finnessy was really good. We talked about Trey Galloway, how good he was. Xavier Johnson is a, a above-average defender. Race Thompson's a, a good defender on those forwards. But Trace is really the bedrock of it. And 
that he committed to this team defensively and to what Mike Woodson was selling, I think really set a tone for the season and how the team was going to buy in as a whole to Mike Woodson. And you saw that in his block totals. If he comes back, he's going to continue to be one of the best rim protectors in the Big Ten. And I would imagine just almost solely on that alone, IU is going to continue to be a a top, top defense just by having a player like him there. Um, But there wouldn't be a lot of change in how IU plays, and that's not a bad thing. IU was a a, a good team, a tournament team, and you're hoping that some of the pieces around him you can swap out, improve upon, and that is how you ter- you go from a good bubble team to a great Big Ten title contending team. The flip side of that is uh, without him, it is going to be a drastically different team. Uh, the good news is you have someone like a Malik Renault that would presumably step into the starting lineup, but um, I would imagine it would be just a lot more open offense, uh, maybe for better and for worse. You, it it maybe is better in that perhaps you have more, I don't mean this as a, as a bad thing towards Trace, but maybe more ball movement, um, a more free-flowing offense. I think there's going to be a lot of pick and roll regardless if Trace is there or not, just because it's something Xavier excelled in. It's something Jalen hood Shafino would excel in. So maybe it's just different pieces that are playing um, some of that pick and roll. But not having I I, I want to be careful how I, how I word this because not having a player that you throw it into the post and, and kind of watch even as good as Trace is in the post um, the nature of other players is to just kind of stand and watch and not having that means that players are always going to be moving and there are benefits to that so that being said that's a lot of production that I you would have to replace that's a go-to player I you would have to replace when games were on the line, Trace always made the right play. Even if we spoke at times, maybe we wanted him to make a more selfish play. Um, he always made the right play, and there's a ton of value in that. And then we just spoke defensively. That's a huge hole you're going to have to replace because while you still have a lot of good defenders with Galloway, with Xavier, with Race, I think Malik Renault is going to be a good defender. None of those guys are the rim protector that Trace was. Very few people in the country were the rim protector. Trace was. So you'll have to approach defense a little bit differently uh, because it doesn't seem like there's anybody on the roster that would be that rim protector of sorts. So it would have to be a different approach defensively as well for it. It's going to be a really fascinating discussion. It's something I was talking about with uh, locked on big 10 host, Nate Dickinson. Uh, Prior to our show, we, filmed for Thursday's episode. It was about the NFL draft. You guys are welcome to go listen to it, but it's a little bit outdated as you're listening to this. Uh, But we were talking before the show about the decision-making in for someone like Trace. We were talking about it with Kofi Coburn and Hunter Dickinson as well, where uh, how he values coming back versus trying to go pro, signing the presumably a two-way or a G League contract, and trying to grind it out that way versus with these new NIL rules, with the uh, new NIL set up, Trace is going to make six figures next year. So is there more value in staying in college, getting that six figures, 
and making more NIL deals and whatnot and playing in Bloomington? Or is it time to just go for your dream? I mean, as much fun as college is, the dream for these guys is professional basketball. Is now the time for him to go for his dream, to start grinding it out and focusing only on basketball every day and trying to make it into the NBA? I'm never going to know what that uh, that decision is like. Shockingly, despite my figure that everybody can point out, uh, I am not an NBA player or somebody that ever considered uh, being an NBA player. So I am never going to know what that decision is going to be like. Uh, and I, I don't know what the decision is like for Trace. Everybody can have their arguments. It's better for him to do this. It's better for him to do that. It's a, it's a decision he's going to have to make. Uh, and that is going to hang over this IU team um, for as long as he is going to take to deliberate that decision. Uh, it's going to determine just how good Indiana is going to be next season. I think they could be a tournament team even without him. With him, you're quickly talking about a, a really, really good team and a Big Ten title contending team. So uh, a lot will change based on his decision. It's not a decision that I presume is going to come soon. He's going to have through the month of May to make that decision. And I mean, if I were him, I'd advise him to take all that time to get as much insight from NBA scouts as possible before making a final decision. So there's certainly going to be a lot of time uh, where that's going to loom over the program. But I implore him, like I said, to take that time and hopefully, I, I want to say hopefully he comes back. Hopefully he makes the decision that's best for him ultimately. And we will see We will see what that decision is. And we'll be here to analyze it whenever he does make that decision. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back on Monday to look back on the IU players that were drafted this weekend in the NFL draft. We'll get you caught up on anybody drafted, anybody that signed, all of that. Now, make your second listen to the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Those guys are going to be busy, busy, busy the next couple of days. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects in the NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Appreciate all the love. We mentioned all the love that's going on at YouTube. Go subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast. Most importantly, have a tremendous Friday and a great weekend, everybody, and LEO.